Welcome to Room at the Table, an opportunity for you to join me, Betsy Cerullo, and my guests for conversations about creating equitable and inclusive workplaces where leaders rise above mediocrity and our teams thrive. Pull up a chair. There's always room at the table. Welcome to another meaningful conversation on Room at the Table. I am Betsy Cerullo, your host, and welcome to my guest today, Lisa Carino, President and CEO of United Way of the Wine Country in California. Lisa is an advocate for building trusted relationships to empower and strengthen communities. She is passionate about intentional inclusion of everyone in society. Lisa is an attorney who has spent a rich career giving voice to the underserved and moving the needle of equity closer to the middle. Lisa also wrote the foreword to my book, Shake It Off Leadership. We are longtime friends since our college days at Catholic University. So today, we're talking about legacy. What does it mean and why it's important? So pull up a chair, enjoy your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Well, hello, Lisa. Hey, hey. thank you for having me. This is awesome. I love the name of this podcast. Isn't it great? Um, ac- it is perfect. Actually, our wonderful producer, Derek, came up with the name. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. brilliant. I have a story for you when, whenever you want to hear it about why this room at the table means so much to me. Please share it, because that's all part of legacy. So my good friend, Herman J. Hernandez, who's now about 72 years old, survived a heart attack 14, 15 years ago. And he was, you know, raised Catholic, went to Catholic school as we did. And he was certain that he survived the heart heart attack because God had something for him to do. Mm -hmm. And he started, you know, looking around the community and just experiencing this awareness, this growing awareness that, Where were the Latinos in the decision-making rooms at the tables where, uh, where really important policy and resource allocation decisions were being made Mm -hmm. and, um, and affecting everybody in the community, including the Latino community? There was this absence of Latino voices. And so he, he started inviting folks to the back room of Mary's Pizza Shack in downtown Santa Rosa which at max seated 20 people. Mm-hmm. And when he started, there were like six people. And by the time I joined the party, there were like 12, 16, 18. And, and then we were like sitting all around the perimeter. We were violating the fire marshal's rules in that space. Mm-hmm. And that little group has become known now as Los Yang Sonoma County. You can find the website L-O-S-C-I-E-N dot org. Los Yang Sonoma County. We have like 3,000 people on our email list. We have over 300 people attending our meetings now regularly. Mm-hmm. And we're taking on um, social, economic, and race equity conversations in Sonoma County. But But the thing about you know, a place at the table, Herman's Herman's line over and over and over again was, if we're not at the table, we're going to be on the menu. Yeah. Yeah. And and I can't tell you how many hundreds of times I've heard Herman say that, and it resonates with everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, true. If, if we're not at the table, co-creating, co-designing, creating awareness, 
about how policy, how planning, how resource allocation and execution, even how assessment affects us. Mm -hmm. Because if you if you're not counted, you don't matter. That's right. That's right. That's that's to me that's what a room at the table means. Yeah, and 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 it's really powerful because if I look at if I look at uh, yours and mine evolution over the years, we our voices have become louder and I think more eloquent uh, through our careers. You know, if I think back in the 1980s when we met some of the lesbians around us, remember those women from uh, Durwood, and mm-hmm. I didn't quite always understand the journey back then. They were the earthy, mm. crunchy lesbians yeah. who wore silver jewelry. Yeah. You know, they didn't go hanging out at the places I did. And, right. uh, but you know, over time, and I'd say, especially over the past 10 to 15 years is when my voice got stronger because mm-hmm. I started to feel like I was on the menu being mm-hmm. a small business owner. And it was, it was really time to say, no more. You can't, you can't treat me this way or to speak up for a colleague. And Mm -hmm. I know you have done amazing work in the Latino community and, and I've watched you evolve in that space over the past uh, decades. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think honestly, I began to build those muscles hanging out in Durwood, Maryland with that group of women and and hanging out with my women's softball team from Lana's Bookstore in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Those women were incredible. Mary Farmer, Barbara Timmer, um, you know, and our friend Ellen Malcolm, who didn't play ball but would come to the ball games and, and later created Emily's mm-hmm. List. You know, they were, you know, lifelines to me at a really vulnerable time in my yeah. life when I was figuring out both that I was lesbian and that I was okay, um, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they gave me the strength to own and be myself. And I feel like that's the place where I claimed my voice and claimed myself mm-hmm. and that, um, that aspect of my purpose, um, first. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when I look at how legacy evolved for me, and I I know when my brother Tom died in 2011, that was a wake up call for me because he was 59 Mm -hmm. when he died. I was 49 at the time. And I thought, you know, life can be taken away so quickly. And I Mm -hmm. was still a little, in some ways, a little closeted in my professional life because of that fear. How, how would I be perceived? And Something came over me. I can't tell you the what or when other than after he died, I got this voice inside of me where mm. I just wasn't going to take it anymore. You know, I, yeah. and, and, I, and I, mm. I don't always like to use the word fight because it just sounds so combative, but I was just yeah. spending more time interrupting the behaviors around me mm-hmm. in, in business and uh, just in my sphere that, that were harmful. You know, as a woman, as a gay mm-hmm. woman, we were always, uh, there was always a lot of 
you know, you're less than. And and I think about all the inner work I had to do, and I know you had to do about o- overcoming that and shedding it. Mm-hmm. So I found that mm-hmm. I wanted to make it like like those amazing women back then. I wanted to open up the doors mm-hmm. for the up and coming generations because we, for, for as magnificent as the world can be, we got a lot of problems here in the country. And we need the younger generation yeah. to, to really say, no, 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 no. You, you, can't, you can't be that way anymore. It doesn't work. Well, and they need us. Yeah. The, so importantly, they need us to be out and to be strong for and with them until they can be strong for and with themselves and with one another. The, the power of our belief in them and the model that we provide by being true to ourselves, um, the power of that really cannot be understated. I just, I, I, I can't say that mm-hmm. more plainly. It's incredibly important for them to know, know us, know our stories, know our voices, know that we're still evolving, that we're still learning and we're still growing mm-hmm. up. The truer we are to ourselves, the better equipped we are to fulfill mm-hmm. our purpose. And that genuinely is mm-hmm. our purpose. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your purpose? Uh, you know, just in the last few months, I've begun to think about how how much this particular through through line has been important to me. It is creating belonging. It's it's building community and creating belonging. Um, which which in the center of that, you know, the heart of it is um, is about building trust and honesty and kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen or read um, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse? We gave it, if that's the one I'm thinking, I think we gave that to our grandson. And, well, and the, it, it just, it, didn't it just win an Academy Award? It won the yeah. Academy Award, yeah, mm-hmm. for, for Best Animation. I was given that gift, uh, the book, um, for my 60th birthday by, um, by a lesbian couple who are good friends of mine and Marie's, my wife. And I can't tell you how many times I've read it and, and just opened it up to pages for inspiration. And I love the movie on Apple TV. The, there are many brilliant spaces in that story, but the, the first and perhaps the most profound, the mole asked the boy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the boy says, kind. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me is what is at the heart of belonging and for especially young people. And, and I'll say, you know, older people who haven't come out and are uncomfortable coming out or feel they have to go back in the closet mm-hmm. as, as their seniors are more vulnerable and on their own, creating belonging, um, with and among and for them, uh, is life giving, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I hope my legacy is. Mm-hmm. And you know, the you've always had that kind part of you that I have just always 
marveled at. You know, and even standing in the face of uh, some very difficult things, there was always this this kindness and strength that you gave off, and was always inspiring to me. Uh, ever since I ever since I've met you, and and I'm so appreciative of that. And and teaching people how kindness is so powerful. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not weak. It, mm-hmm. It's exactly. really powerful. And I, my wish in, in my legacy is that in, in business and the work that I do with the Maryland LGBT chamber and foundation is to attract people that have other views different than mine, where we can sit down and have a conversation that's giving and understanding, not a debate. I get worn out and I don't, and I kind of veer away from those kind of conversations where it's a debate of who's right and wrong. I just want to understand why do you feel that way? You know, why are you choosing that direction? And for that person to hear, here's why I'm choosing, not necessarily to change their mind, although ultimately we, we always mm. want everyone to feel the way we feel, but to under, mm. to understand in that there's a kindness and an acceptance of, okay, but the, but the end game here is that we all find some, some form of happiness and joy. So how can we take our different views and get there together? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about opening their minds and 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 opening our own right and so that is that is a dance that is a willingness to yep. to dance with with folks um justice the late justice ruth bader ginsburg said we can disagree without being disagreeable mm-hmm. and if, if you can you know be in conversation with somebody and hold that space. It, it creates, it's like you're breathing air into the room. You're drawing fresh air into the room to make it possible for the miracle of breaking open understanding and breaking open one's heart, mm-hmm. um, to, to, um, to connection, right? And, um, you know, I, Definitely have had those experiences where I've needed to be in hard conversations with people and, um, and say and do hard things and, and tried to do it in kind and, yeah. and thoughtful ways. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, as long as I'm holding that space for myself, I feel like I've shown up. In, in that in that difficult moment in the way that I needed to. But you know, you said showing up, and and I, I'd say that that tends to be a common theme in a lot of different conversations mm-hmm. or um, even presentations that I give in business. It's uh, so so much of what you do, so much of fulfillment, success is to show up, right? And and I often say that sometimes doing nothing. Is doing something, mm-hmm. um, and we all have a voice. And I and I do understand that sometimes it gets tiring, and you know my voice won't matter. And and I often have this conversation with my wife. You know, I'm I'm in my sixties, and um, what's my life going to look like for the next thirty plus years? 
you know, I'm saying that because my mother and my grandmother lived well into their 90s. So there's a high risk, high, not high risk, high chance yeah. that I'm going to live a long life. Mm-hmm. Um, will my voice be relevant or who's, who's, who's going to care what I think? And then I would stop myself and say, but you know, as I've gotten older, the manner in which I deliver it mm-hmm. is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily have the ugh, the 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 angst that it was before because I would prefer to spend my my energy doing other things than getting upset. So when you say about you know the kindness, I I tend to surround myself with people that have that approach because my New Jersey Italian can come out really quick. Yeah. You know, and, um, I'm, and I just find that it's, it's, it gives me more longevity and peace Mm -hmm. when I operate with kindness and, and ensure, do my best that there's no strife in whatever circle I'm in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Finding equanimity in this space. Mm -hmm. I mentioned when we were getting ready for the podcast, Kevin Crosby and Sarah Cole Antonio, who co-hosts the Behaviorist podcast, in one of their recent episodes, they share a story from Anthony DeMello, and it's a parable of a wise man who lives up in in the in the mountains. I think I think the wise man is an oracle, and the people in the village, um, you know, they 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 seek out the oracle for advice all the time and you know he's giving credit for being oh, you're so wise you're so kind he says if you say so and then one day a young woman tells the village that she's pregnant and the oracle is the father of the child which horrifies everybody in the village and they go up to him they you're a terrible person and and why did you do this you're you're, you're awful and he just responds if you say so some time passes and she eventually comes forward and says that was a lie. This, this other young man in the village is the father of my child and people go to him and they apologize and they say, you know, you're so, we're sorry. You're, you're, you're a wise and kind man. And he says, if you say so, I, I took what I took away from hearing that story was the power of not using other people's judgments about who we are as a barometer of who we are instead coming from that space inside of us that knows we're being true to ourselves and maintains that sense Mm -hmm. of I know who Mm -hmm. I am and I am who I am and I'm not going to be knocked off this center and it's hard you know undeniably Mm -hmm. it's hard to stay in that space. But when we right. can, mm-hmm. you know, we're not leaking energy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we have more energy to bring to whatever we're showing up right. for, whatever that moment is, and for standing in whatever our truth mm-hmm. is. You know, I love when I see the younger generations forming who they are for the future. Uh, mm-hmm. The ones that have started a lot of the marches, the initiatives that um, yeah. bring legislation to the table for change, for good change. And I marvel at that. I didn't have that wisdom 
back then. You know, I, if, if I think back, um, you know, my earlier years might look at, um, someone who's in their sixties and, and the way, and a lot of times people back then there, there was a noticeable difference in the, I guess, in how they carried themselves are, you know, now we tend to be, have a very youthful approach. I don't, I don't know if it's, maybe it's that, but mm. I'm really, I really gravitate towards the younger generation because in their communications, they're, they're being their legacy. They they talk about possibility. They talk about dreaming and opportunity. Yet sometimes when I'm around people in my generation, there's the conversations of I'm done or, uh, mm. and there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to go play golf and do all those things. I'm, I'm, I'm sure as my career shifts, um, over time, there's going to be things that I'm going to rediscover. Mm-hmm. I get energized when I'm around the younger yeah. generations. And I find that I'm not looked at like, um, you know, all that older person over there because there's that bridge, there's that respect and we're all in this together. And I, and I think that we need to have more of that because we can really learn from each other. Right. I completely agree with you. I'm glad that you're having that experience of, of being in spaces with younger generations who look at you and, and, and marvel at what you've done and uh, that you are um, still a deep well of, of, of energy, action, and wisdom. And um, God bless her. You get it from Virginia. You get it Who from knew? your mom. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, to our to our listeners out there, my mother who passed away um, in December um, was a force to be reckoned with. Oh yeah, um, slightly close minded. We can, you know, it's okay. Oh, okay. She and and but also really loving when she needed. Oh to yeah. Show up. Oh, oh, she was definitely the queen of showing up. There's no question. Um, you know, but I I think about a lot of her wisdom shows up now. Uh, I, I do. Mm. She just was so resilient. And, um, so I, I, we would joke how my liberal and pro- progressive ways, she was not that. And we would have, she, I would mm. debate with her, but there was no changing her. Um, yeah. but we would laugh and she would marvel at my passion about certain things and how I was using mm. that passion for good things and that she was so proud of that. Mm. And I, and I know yeah. that your parents feel the same about you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, not my nana and your mom were, were contemporary. Mm. My, my nana's youngest sister would have been your mom's age if she had lived. Um, and when I think of them and that generation, and frankly, at my mom's generation as well, um, they just didn't have the opportunities that yeah. we have. Um, and, you know, our long bodies, our inheritance from them and, uh, and our ancestors is, is their tenacity, their perseverance, uh, their stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, their determination to um, make 
a life out of very little um, and and provide a future for uh, their children and grandchildren and their grandchildren and so on um, that that they could not have possibly dreamed of that that you know the, uh, some of certainly my nunness um, bitterness I think is because she didn't have those opportunities that freedom those liberties and I did not know her she died years before I was born my great grandmother mm-hmm. her mother who came from Sicily from a little village in Sicily that I got to visit with my godparents and cousins in uh in 2019 it hasn't changed a lot in the 100 years in the 115 mm-hmm. years since Lucina uh immigrated um I can see that the lack of opportunity um, that was there back then remains. And so I, I get where their frustration comes mm-hmm. from. And then, and then their fear that if they get out of line, if, if they really stand in your truth, can you imagine if your mother really stood in her truth, what she would have been like? Um, you know, what does she mm-hmm. risk? Because, you know, they're growing up. If you didn't tell the line, you lost, you That's lost right. it all. So, you know, they're, they're wonderful mirrors mm-hmm. for us. They mm-hmm. really are. They, they are. They are. You know, and I think about in, in growing up and towing the line, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of room for negotiating, even though I tried. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I probably contribute a lot of my, wins to those times because I learned how to navigate the mountain called my mother. Um, right. But there, there wasn't a lot of give. He, there's what, here's where the rules. There wasn't the psychological conversation, empowering conversation between parent and child. Yeah. This is the way it is. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I know that that style, uh, it built resilience. It taught us yeah. to really okay. stand in the face of the storm and to yep. survive it. And, you know, I was fortunate uh, in, in terms of that towing the line uh, with my mother. I wasn't harmed. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I know some yeah. stories that I've heard from friends over the years. I'm grateful for the for the difficulties I had. Um, right. But, you know, I find that some of the younger generation, they want to hear my story, which is cool because I'm thinking, wow, yeah. you know, because I am an elder and we have a responsibility as an elder. Yeah. But yeah. when I sit and I listen to them, you know, especially in the LGBTQ community about the different evolutions or the different parts of the community that they claim that, for, you know, even the, the, the use of the word queer, n- n- not yeah. one, not my fave, because I'm still from a time mm-hmm. when it was, it was hurtful, but I get, I have this feeling of pride when I sit back and I look at the younger generation just out there being who they are, dressing how they are. I don't care how many colors are in their hair, what they do. I just think, wow, look how expressive. And yeah. and that's part of how I wanted to create my workplace, you know, where people came mm-hmm. and 
felt safe, feel safe in the workplace to, to bring who they are. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that I love in business that, um, I, I, I welcome all people. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, Betsy, what you've created with your company is a company culture mm-hmm. of belonging and mm-hmm. trust. And it's not, and so the guardrails are your right. core values. That's, that's what's central to your strategic framework for the company, how you operate and what you do, you know, in, in every moment, in every decision that you make, no matter how small, right? Mm-hmm. It, you're always aligning yourself to those core values in that framework. And I think the difference between the two of us in our work now and the rigidity of the way, you know, a lot of our elders and mentors uh, grew up, you know, those rules about how we do business, you know, left you fearful of doing business any other way. Mm-hmm. The, I, I think a lot of what I'm doing right now in my work actually is yeah. very intentionally interrogating why and how the structures, the systems, the processes that I inherited in my work, how they affect my team, my, my volunteer and staff team, our community partners, our community, and how they affect our sector in philanthropy and fundraising. And do they really serve to create belonging? Do they really serve to create mm-hmm. social, economic, and race equity? And if they don't, then we need to change it up. We need to break it open and, and be unafraid of exploring how we do that. Mm-hmm. And that that's a lot of what is energizing me and my work now. Right. But I, I don't think that I would know that if I didn't have, you know, the wisdom mm-hmm. of my own experiences and these role models um, in my life who have been a mirror of mm-hmm. what to do and what not to do. And those are the stories that we need to be telling our yeah. people. And I, you know, and I think we're, we're very blessed because some of those, some of those stories were glorious and some of those stories were really difficult. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all a part of, I'm going to say like building the cathedral of, of what we're going to leave behind. Uh, You know, I, I want to, I want to know that in my industry, which is staffing, which can be cutthroat and petty and like a bunch of cats clawing for business. I never liked that model. Uh Um, I just always, I want it to, when the time, when the time comes that I retire from the industry, I want to be able to say, you know, I, I left the industry in a better place of possibility. So, you Mm -hmm. know, you may not have this pounding for the numbers, but what you have is this glorious space of people doing something really meaningful, and that's finding mm-hmm. people work. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and work that they love, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes, some sometimes 
people that we place on contracts, they may not love it all the time. I mean, I don't love my job every day, but you know what I mean? It's, but it's in a space of, yeah. of, of acceptance, of care, of appreciation. Yeah. You know? And then look at, look at your, your role, uh, with the, with the United Way. Um, mm-hmm. when the, when the time comes for you to retire, and I know we have a long way to go for that. Um, on that day, mm-hmm. w- what would you want to say? Like, what would be your intention of, of what you've, I don't, I don't even like the word left behind, but, but what will you tie up in a beautiful bow for someone else? Um, well, I think at the center of what I hope I pass on to my successor, um, is an intentional organization of trust and belonging mm-hmm. that is recognized in our region. We serve a five county region, uh, from Sonoma County north to the Oregon border along the coastline. And from uh, Sonoma, Lake, Mendocino, Humboldt, and Del Norte County, I would want United Way to be recognized in the community mm-hmm. by, uh, by the community, by business leaders and government leaders, uh, and, and philanthropy and nonprofit leaders, as well as, you know, the full range of the community as an organization that has created community and belonging, contributed to creating community and belonging, and uh, narrowing the disparity gaps that um, that are such key indicators, such, such strong indicators of long-term health, um, economic prospects, and well-being. Uh, and, and that we did it by being true to those core values, mm-hmm. you know, to equity building, mm-hmm. compassion, integrity, transparency, authenticity, mm-hmm. by being truly collaborative, um, and, 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 and bringing everyone to the table, mm-hmm. I mean, just to go full circle with where we started our conversation. Yep, absolutely. Because there, uh, I know sometimes when conversation of equity is brought up, there's people that don't fully understand it. And um, it, at least in in the in the business world, we look at we we look at equity as it's not taking another piece of pie; it's just making the pie bigger for everybody to have a slice. Because there's mm-hmm. plenty for everyone, mm-hmm. and we just have to again make room at the table like we did as kids when we'd squeeze people in and we weren't looking at color or gender when i think about growing up it's that we need to we need to have that innocence again to bring people to the table and champion each other because that's that's really where the 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 brilliance and the beauty of creative ideas and 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 wealth not just wealth and money but wealth and ideas Wealth mm-hmm. and health and happiness. That that's where it all gets created when we do it together. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Think about. I mean, just dissect what you just said. Inviting somebody to the table mm-hmm. when we're kids. What kind of what kind of intention that that meant? I mean, imagine you're in your 
in your your first grade class, probably at Catholic school, just like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and and there are people who are left out of your table. Right. You know, first you got to notice them. Right. Right. You you have to see them, make them visible to yourself, and then see that they're not with you at the table. Right. Mm-hmm. And then exert the energy to invite them over and they got to trust you. You have to have built trust for them to trust that when you invite them into that space, they're going to be okay with you there. And then, and then, and then to make room for their voices to be lifted, right? Um, Yes. We can learn so much by remembering some of the things that we learned when we were in kindergarten. Oh yeah. You know, when, when you, when you see a, a, a movie or a show, when a young kid goes over to someone that's hanging out by the fence, that's off by themselves, and they're asked to come join the game, the, the automatic happiness and joy, and it's like everything else just melts away when, when mm-hmm. that kid gets to join in and, and everyone becomes one. And, you know, I, I, I just want to in, invite uh, my listeners, just to keep spreading that goodwill, you know, that invitation, that life is just a wonderful invitation. And um, we all have something to give. We all have something to share to make it a better place. Yeah. I think magic really genuinely does. happens when you open yourself up to creating those experiences with others. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you said something a moment ago, I wanted to go back to it when you were talking about your mom and when you would go toe to toe with Virginia, you said, you know, I was never, I, I wasn't harmed. You know, your resilience comes, your resilience mm-hmm. comes from that awareness that, yeah, we were, we were in that disagreement and no real mm-hmm. harm came from it. So to be able to see that and know that and claim that yeah. in your body. And, and and your psyche, your heart, and release, you know, whatever energy yeah. might might be there. You know, that's yeah, that's absolutely. what forgiveness looks like, right? And that's what we're, that's what we're really doing yeah. is, is learn and practice from those mm-hmm. kinds absolutely. of absolutely, absolutely. So, Lisa, as we bring this to a close, this has just been just a, a rich conversation. Is there now? There have been many, but is there one last bite of wisdom that you would like to to share for my listeners? The first thing that comes to mind, Betsy, is mm-hmm. you know, be true to yourself. I I don't know if you and I have ever. We probably talked about this a long, long time ago. The um, I went to the Academy of the Holy mm-hmm. Names in Tampa, Florida, uh, from. 1976 to 1980, and the academy. I was part of the 99th graduating class at the academy, and you know, all girls Catholic school on on the Bay Shore, and with a really incredibly rich culture of academic encouragement for the girls and and the boys who were enrolled across the street grounding in the values of of the faith and and deep passionate connection to the motto of the school, which was Esse Quam Vigere, 
essay quantitary translates in English to mm-hmm. to be rather than to see. So when you ask me, you know, to close, what do you want to share? Mm. What wisdom do you want to share? I want to share that. To be rather than to see. Be true to yourself. Because when you are, you are God's light shining forth. Mm-hmm. You know, God is, this is from, from Eat, Pray, Love. God yeah. is you, the voice of you as you, inside you. So the most faithful thing, if, if you are a person of faith and spiritual, mm-hmm. or connected, as a spiritual person in our experience in our, in our universe or multiverse, <laughs> um, is yeah. to be true to yourself. Be who, be fully who you were meant to be. Um, and seek mm-hmm. people who embrace absolutely that, that person that you genuinely are so that they can affirm you so that they can believe in you mm-hmm. until you can believe absolutely. You know, as always, Lisa, our conversations just always leave me walking away, just just marveling at the lessons that I learned from you over 40 Mm -hmm. years. (laughs) And I'm just appreciative of the conversation today because, you know, where we're both at in our lives, we've had a really rich career and we have... We have a lot more to give and we're still very relevant. And and I know you and I will continue to be that for a long time. So I I just want to say thank you for having this conversation today. And I really appreciate you. And I love you with all my heart. I love you too. I I mean, what a miracle that we we met when we did back in Mm -hmm. 1982. That's, that's, I mean, what a blessing. So grateful. Absolutely. Same here. So thank you so much, Lisa. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today on Legacy. We wish you well. And remember, there is always room at the table. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, please follow Room at the Table on your favorite platform and share with a colleague or two or three. You can find the full transcripts, links, and more resources to creating more equitable workplaces at roomatthetablepodcast.com. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.